Welcome to the resources for Integrated Care webinar, Palliative Care for Older Adults Duly Eligible for Medicare and Medicaid. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on December 5th, 2018. In this podcast, Isaac Brungberg, Medical Director of Palliative Care for the Commonwealth Care Alliance, discusses their organizational approach to palliative care. So I am going to talk a little bit about how palliative care is delivered at Commonwealth Care Alliance. First, I want to just give some basic information about our organization. Next slide, please. So Commonwealth Care Alliance is a healthcare organization that was founded in 2003 to serve medically and socially complex, vulnerable individuals in Massachusetts. We offer two plans currently for duals, one called Senior Care Options, which is a dual-eligible special needs plan, or DSNP, for those of you that speak that language, um, for adults age 65 and over. And the other is a program called One Care, which is also a duals plan for adults age 21 to 64. We're going to spend uh, the rest of our time today talking about our, our Senior Care Options program um, and, uh, and, and members in it. So in, in Massachusetts, our Senior Care Options Program serves about 10,000 dual eligible members across the state. And the average age of our member is 75 years. Approximately 70% um, are, uh, have medical complexity that would make them eligible for nursing home care. Um, but, but they prefer to be at home when they can be, and with our assistance, we, we allow them to achieve that. Uh, 60% have four or more chronic medical conditions, and 60% speak a primary language other than English, the most common being Spanish. Next slide, please. So a little bit about our, our model of care. Um, so when, when members enroll with us, uh, we use uh, a stratification model that takes into account their medical complexity, their, um, their needs for support in activities of, of daily living, the social supports they have, how engaged they are with their care system, and we assign them a care partner and, to um, help them with care coordination and care management. And we have care partners from uh, a range of disciplines, um, including uh, nurses and advanced practice clinicians, behavioral health specialists is, is, is what we call our, our social work staff, um, and, and health outreach workers. And, uh, and so we choose from among those disciplines as well as, um, as well as decide whether we feel like we can manage the member well telephonically pri- primarily um, or in, in what we call a mobile um, with a mobile care partner, someone who's expected to go out and, and see the member at home um, on a regular basis uh, for visits. Regardless of the model that, that someone is stratified into, their care partner has access to, to other members of the multidisciplinary team. So if they have a care partner who's a telephonic nurse, but they have needs that a behavioral health specialist or health outreach worker could um, could better serve, then we can deploy uh, someone from that discipline to meet with the member and also to participate in in a team-based approach to manage their care. Um, In addition, we have our own uh, in-house rehabilitation 
uh, team, and we, we also coordinate with the geriatric support services and uh, long-term support services in the area to provide the, the, the support and services, much of which Diane mentioned, uh, for our members. For, in addition to that, um, and, and specific for our topic today, we, we do have a group of, of palliative care uh, dedicated staff who are available to also add to the, the team-based approach that, that members receive. Um, and, and that starts out with, with a review by our, our palliative care coordinator and then the ability to deploy uh, a nurse or advanced practice clinician um, and also have some input from, from a palliative trained physician in the care of the member. Next slide, please. So, so one of the, the main principles at CCA is that palliative care doesn't just reside within the palliative trained staff. It, it really is, is uh, um, something that we ensure that all of our staff, uh, our, our, our care management staff who um, are part of what we call our clinical groups, have some training in, in areas that really are uh, thought of as kind of the main principles of palliative care. Um, and th these include effective communication, so in, in preferably in, in, in the language that the member speaks, um, the, the understanding that advanced care planning is, is crucial for our members, and, and also that, um, that at times of change in their, in their health in particular, that discussing goals with them, and as Diane said, that the word goals might not mean um, something to, to the individual, but the concept certainly of uh, reviewing with them what they understand of their, of their current health situation and what they care about is something that we, we make sure that all of our staff um, have some, uh, some knowledge of. The other principle that, um, that is, is pretty important uh, throughout the, the, the organization is, is the idea of, of dignity of risk, of, of really valuing people's independence and um, allowing them as best as possible to tell us what, what they need as opposed to, to us making that, that judgment for them. And, and that really grows out of CCA's origins as uh, one, one, of our, one of our early uh, care sites um, was a primary care uh, a, primary, a primary care office that served uh, individuals with neurological and developmental disorders, spinal cord injuries, and so there's a, a long history at CCA of um, work with and supporting the disability community and, and disability rights, which is where the, the dignity of risk uh, concept comes out of and, and is, is why we, we ensure that all of our staff have that, um, that understanding and background. Next slide, please. So, so when a care partner uh, identifies or feels that, um, that uh, a member might have palliative needs, they can ask for um, some additional support for members. And, and this is a, a fairly standard kind of trigger list of, of ways just to um, remind the staff of who might, who might have palliative needs. So if, if members' illness is, uh, is advancing if they are experiencing weight loss or a decline in function, if they have symptoms that are out of control, if they have a new cancer diagnosis or, or an advancing cancer, if they've had, if they've had frequent hospitalizations, as, as Diane mentioned, that's, that's a, a, 
often a clear indicator that their underlying chronic diseases are not being managed well. Um, and, and then we, we, we have on there uh, the, the last bullet, the possibility that the member might pass within the next 12 months due to illness, which, which is in line with, with, um, with the, uh, the surprise question that, that, that people um, may, may, have, may have heard about that's used in a variety of settings, mainly just to um, kind of to stimulate the, the clinician or the person involved to just think about in, in, in a, in a um, broad general way, is this somebody who, who I think is declining? We certainly don't limit our services uh, based on somebody with a 12-month prognosis, as, as Diane mentioned in, in her early, early slides, that, um, that the palliative care really is for someone at, at any stage of illness if they have, if they have needs that are out of control. But, but it, it's a little bit easier, I think, for people, for our staff, to, um, to think about what, what does the next 12 months look like for this person, just to, just to give them a sense of, is it somebody who would, who would benefit from additional uh, services? Next slide, please. So, so the members of the palliative care team are, are asked to get involved um, to provide some specific uh, assistance or, or guidance for, for the member, for their caregivers and family, and also to help our, our own team, our own care partners uh, guide or, or, or mold the care. And the things that, that the palliative care team can do is to clarify diagnosis and prognosis or assist with that, um, discuss treatment options and, and goals with members, and, and sometimes that's uh, with them directly in their home, sometimes that's assisting them at a, at a visit with their primary care doctor, oncologist, cardiologist, or, or, or specialist to, um, to kind of make sure that, that they're understanding the information that's being given to them and that they're um, able to ask the questions uh, about the things that they, that they care most about. Um, certainly to participate in advanced care planning. Um, we, we are able to uh, help with symptom management either by um, giving recommendations to, to the provider that's in charge of the member's care or in situations where, um, where we, we actually have a prescriber involved. Um, we, we often have a conversation about some co-management where we can actually do the prescribing of the, of the symptom management meds um, so that we can have some ownership of that. Um, we, we also can provide guidance uh, to our members and to our, to our staff about other options available to them. So, so there are some, some specific aspects of our, of our program or, uh, or entities that we contract with that can um, provide some additional services or support. Um, we have a, a community paramedicine program, so non-transporting paramedics trained specifically to, uh, to, to care for our population, and they, they carry a, an expanded toolkit and can deliver home, uh, excuse me, deliver care in the home, not, not entirely to the level of the emergency department, but a lot of what an ED could, could provide. Um, so, so being able to identify that that, that might be something that would, that would benefit a member. Um, we also contract with hospices to provide um, a, a, a community palliative care service for, for members, as, as, as well as talking with them about hospice enrollment and, and when, whether that, that would benefit them. We offer additional support for family members, for caregivers, uh, another uh, 
key item that Diane had mentioned is, is making sure that caregivers have support because often they are the ones that drive the care, not the, not the member themselves. Um, and, and we also have the ability to offer or at least provide some support around end of life and funeral planning and bereavement support, um, particularly for our members um, who, who have low or limited income and who have uh, perhaps not made these plans in advance. Um, this in particular can be, can be a challenge for them or something that they, um, that they struggle with in, in addition to, to just their, uh, their, their medical illness and um, it's something that we, we try to help people with. Next slide, please. So as I mentioned before at the, at the opening, um, the kind of a key part of our model is not just the palliative care lives within the palliative care specialty team, but it really is embedded throughout the, uh, the organization. And um, so uh, kind of a core piece of, of our palliative team is to provide education for our, for our staff. And this is both, both formal and informal. So um, participating in, in their interdisciplinary team meetings and, um, and just providing guidance on ways that palliative care can help. Um, we also have, have a, a meeting of our own that we invite our, our care partners to where we, where we discuss cases in more detail um, and, then, and then provide uh, other educational offerings. Um, being a member organization to, to the Center to Advanced Palliative Care, a, a, a member of CAPSI, provides us with access to the, um, the educational material that, that Diane had mentioned, which, um, which I as well would, would, would support as, as highly valuable, um, extremely high quality content that we, um, we make available to our, to our staff. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare and Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes a full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated and coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about the current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.